Welcome! It's another Friday, and that means another Friday Five, our weekly list of five things you need to know about. My name is Sarah, and you are listening to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We have got a great list this week, so let's get started. Number one. Last week, the CDC issued a seemingly controversial update on masking for fully vaccinated adults. I say seemingly controversial because on April 27th, they announced that fully vaccinated adults could go without masks outdoors in most settings 14 days after their second shot. In this update, the Centers for Disease Control said that adults who are fully vaccinated and also 14 days out from that second shot could go maskless indoors and would not need to social distance in most settings. Now, the important words there, in most settings, but this news also created confusion because many states still have mask mandates or emergencies still in place, so naturally that leaves questions about where and when to mask. Masks will still be required in healthcare settings, on public transportation, and at businesses that mandate them. I'm sure we all follow a few brands on social media that either announced dropping their mask mandate or said that they plan to still require masks. It's a big step towards moving back to the new normal. Many businesses are moving back to offices, summer camps are opening, and the vaccination effort has been moving right along. So far, 55% of the population of our country has received one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. 40% have received both doses and are fully vaccinated. I got my second dose last Thursday and was pleasantly surprised to only have a very mild headache the day after, in addition to, of course, the soreness in the arm that comes along with the jab. I had plans to try and document the process as I went through it, but it was very simple, straightforward, and quick. I was certainly excited to get it, mainly to help the efforts my family is already taking to make sure the kiddos in our family don't get sick, which is still my biggest concern, like many others. And even though I won't need to wear a mask in certain settings, and my daughter knows that, I do plan to empathy mask, putting on my mask when she has to, because I just feel like that's fair, and I know when to pick my battles. Number two. Last week, the CDC released a report on healthcare utilization that showed while many parts of the industry are coming back from low utilization during the pandemic, mental health utilization has still not returned to pre-pandemic levels. This week, Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra announced the Behavioral Health Coordinating Council. He also announced plans to distribute $3 billion in American Rescue Plan funding for substance abuse and mental health services administration block grants. The monies will be split equally between the community mental health and the substance abuse prevention and treatment block grant programs split between states and territories. In statements regarding the distribution of funds, Assistant Secretary for Health Dr. Rachel Levine said, quote, Across America, we are seeing a startling rise in mental health and substance use disorders during the COVID-19 pandemic. We know multiple stressors during the pandemic. 
isolation, sickness, grief, job loss, food instability, and loss of routines have devastated many Americans and presented the unprecedented behavioral health challenges across the nation, end quote. We will have the link to that press release from HHS and also the links to the funding allocation tables if you'd like to see how much your state is set to receive. Number three, taking over much of my podcast news listening this week, maybe yours too, the topic of inflation. That is on everyone's mind, as the most recent jobs report from April was disappointing, with only 266,000 new positions added to the labor force. The number of new jobs was about a quarter of what had been predicted for April. The March 2021 jobs report had been impressive, showing 916,000 new jobs added, when only 675,000 were estimated. Interestingly enough, the jobless rate only increased slightly for April, going from 6% in March to 6.1% in April. Investors were not expecting the low numbers. One article from CNBC estimated new jobs added to the economy might even hit 1 million for April. Clearly, that did not happen, and investors weren't quite sure what to expect from the minutes of the Fed's April meeting, which were released this week. But before we get into that, let's circle back to where I began this item with Today Explained from Vox and The Daily from The New York Times, both releasing episodes on inflation this week. Both are great episodes worth listening to, so we will be linking to those in the notes so you can take a listen. But naturally, with all this uncertainty and the Fed reporting on interest rates this week, many investors were bracing themselves for the worst. Despite all of that, the Federal Reserve voted unanimously in their late April meeting to keep interest rates near zero, although they did say, quote, a number of participants suggested that if the economy continued to make rapid progress toward the committee's goals, it might be appropriate at some point in upcoming meetings to begin discussing a plan for adjusting the pace of asset purchases, end quote. That means that rates stay the same as they have been, near zero for short-term interest rates, specifically between zero and 0.25%. As far as their thoughts on inflation, they anticipated the PCE price index would rise above 2%, and temporarily run there as the supply issues created by the pandemic are worked out. They said, quote, Despite the expected short-run fluctuations in measured inflation, many participants commented that various measures of longer-term inflation expectation remain well-anchored at levels broadly consistent with achieving the committee's longer-run goals, end quote. We will have the links to those articles and podcast episodes as well as the meeting minutes from the Fed in our notes, so be sure to check them out for full reports and figures. Number four, how do you combat fake news? Well, if you're Google, you can add just about anything to those search engine result pages, so that is what they're going to do. In the coming weeks, you should start to see the About This Results feature, which will attempt to help mitigate fake news results. It'll work like this. You search for a topic, 
and the new feature will appear under each result so you can get more information before you click. Info like site description, what other sites say about it, whether it's a secure connection, a link to a Wikipedia page if there is one, even a disclaimer to let you know that it is a search result and not an ad, even though those are also labeled as such. Basically, it's Google's attempt at making their results more transparent so you know before clicking on a site if it's legit and related to what you're searching for. Number five, to all of you who registered and attended our State of the Senior Market series over the past three weeks, we just want to say thank you so much for watching. If you missed a session or you want to go back and rewatch a certain session, your ticket does allow you to access the recordings of our content. We will have the link to that in our episode notes for one more week, just in case you missed out on any of those original run sessions. There is so much great info about the Medicare industry in there. And just to recap, Craig looked at the year in review in the first session. The second session went in-depth with enrollment stats. And then the third session wrapped it all up with Medicare regulations and legislation and major industry trends. You get all the info, plus Craig's take on it. I highly recommend checking that out in the notes. Now, as I mentioned, this week we had a lot of information to cover, but we do have a bonus to throw in here, something for my fellow podcast enthusiasts who love getting recommendations. The winners of the Ambies were announced this week, and I usually use that list as a guide for podcast recommendations for myself. But back it up, what are the Ambies, in case you don't know? They are podcasting awards handed out by the Podcast Academy, and awards can either be given to an entire show or the talent, and there were 23 categories this year, including, of course, Podcast of the Year. The list of winners also includes other nominees in each category, so it's a great place to try and find new shows that you might not have heard of before. There are a lot of podcasts on this list. I ended up following 16 new podcasts because of this list, one of which is my daughter's newest favorite, and that is Mystery Recipe from America's Test Kitchen Kids. We're both pretty excited because the show has a lot of episodes for us to work our way through, and we love the premise. Basically, each week over the course of a season, the episode focuses on a certain ingredient. Those ingredients add up to a mystery recipe, and then there is a mystery recipe cook-along, and that looks like a lot of fun. So if you're looking for recommendations, definitely check out that list. It'll be in the notes. And don't forget, I will have another list of podcast recommendations for summer 2021. That will be coming in June. So if you are not already, make sure you're following along with our podcast so you don't miss out on that or any of the other episodes we've got in the works. That is all for this week's episode. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Brianna Lowe. Artwork by Nick Smith. 